Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Teresa V. She is an energy intuitive, a spiritual mentor, an international speaker, and a channel based in New York. How are you doing today, Teresa? I'm doing very well, Brad. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. How's your day going? Oh, it's going very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much for making the time and your busy day to spend a bit of time with me and share a bit about your story and your journey here on the podcast, and welcome to the community. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored and blessed to be here. I am the one who is truly honored and blessed to have you here. I I appreciate each and every one of you incredibly inspiring and amazing women. So thank you for, for being here. I appreciate you. So as mentioned, you're an energy intuitive, a spiritual mentor, an international speaker and a channel. What is an energy intuitive for those of us who might not know what that is? Well, basically, what I feel is that I have the ability to translate energy, to translate energetic imprints into words that people can understand. So it's like the intuitive knowing of what's going on with someone energetically or emotionally or even physically, and then how to help them begin to heal it, whether it be a personal thing, a health thing, or, you know, a thing that they're carrying for the collective. Okay. Now, how did you discover you had the gift of being an energy intuitive? By accident. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I, so, so the first experience I had with this was I was about four or five years old and it was the middle of the night and I woke up from a sleep and I was, I was having these visions of like doctors looking over me and it was like I was on an operating table with these bright lights and I was scared because I was just a little kid and I could feel that something was really wrong and with that the phone rang in the house and I heard my parents trying to to speak in hushed voices but I heard the energy in their voice you know and and the panic and came to understand that my uncle had had a massive heart attack and they weren't sure he was going to make it through and he was in surgery at that moment. And so quite by accident, I discovered that I was an energy intuitive and it scared me to death. I had no idea what to do with this. (laughs) So that's how it started. (laughs) That young. Yeah, Yeah. Was that an internal struggle at first for you to come to grips and understand and realize the gifts you had and decide when you decided to use it to help people? So at first, being so young and not having anyone who could explain it to me or, you know, people seemed 
afraid of the things I was sharing that I was getting as visions or experiencing in the middle of the night. I did what any child would do. Any sensitive, empathetic child does this. We generally shut down those gifts and just shut them off for survival because we're scared. Everybody else is scared. There's something wrong with us. So that sort of you know, what I did with it until I got into my twenties and they started coming back (laughs) with a vengeance. They wanted to be acknowledged. And I started having all of these electrical problems in my home and with, you know, I would pass under street lamps and they would blow out and and all sorts of fun (laughs) stuff like that. Like I was going through stereo equipment and computers. It was crazy, but that's how my energy started to ask for my attention again. And so it just started to open up, you know, there's a whole story, but I was led one thing into the next to learn how to work with this energy. And, and I really discovered that it was coming back with such a vengeance because my soul had chosen in this lifetime to use this energy to help other people, to help them heal, but also to help others like me stand in their gifts and not shut them down because we're part of the way this world is changing for the better. And this is important, especially right now. So did you have anyone at that point when your gifts came back and you embraced them, so to speak, did you have anyone that you could share them with and speak to about it and just talk to and say, all this stuff is going on with me you know? Yeah. So I'm really sorry. I give the impression that this was like an easy thing. This was me fighting with the universe all the way. Like, you know, it was, so I didn't really think anything of the electric stuff until, you know, my mom noticed, she's like, did you notice that every time you go under a street lamp, it goes out? It's so (laughs) weird. And then, so what happened at that time was I discovered yoga. Okay. And, and in my first Shavasana at the end of class, I was able to relax my body for the first time in what felt like 20 years. And I just wept uncontrollably. And I said in that moment, I was like, I need to help other people experience this because I, as an empath was holding so much for other people and I just had no opportunity to relax. And and so I vowed at that point that I wanted to bring this to other people. So I ended up, universe led me to the exact right teacher training through a couple of different avenues. Uh-huh. And it was in there that I had my first dealing with somebody who understood this. She pulled me aside one day, you know, she was a Swami running the teacher training and she still is, and she's a dear friend. And she pulled me to the side and she said, I am so tired of changing light bulbs after you come to class. Can you please learn to control your energy? And she handed me a brochure and she said, go take this class. And she sent me off to a Reiki training. And so that was the first introduction to me being able to embrace more of who I was and to learn to control this energy instead of pretend it didn't exist. Right. Now, did you have your parents you could speak to about it? I mean, obviously your mom was noticing things. Could you go to her and tell her what you were feeling and what was going on and she was understanding about it or? So my parents were they still are phenomenal. And they raised us in a very religious home, which I feel so blessed to have experienced. My mom had her own psychic gifts that she was really afraid of. And so, you know, because the way we were indoctrinated, this wasn't something normal and this was something you should be afraid of. And so I watched her struggle with her own. And, you know, my father wasn't in touch with any of this, but his father, you know, if I had to classify him, I'd be like, my grandfather was a witch. Like he, (laughs) he knew how to plant 
things based on the moonlight and he could tell, you know, what the sex of a baby was going to be based on like all of these things. And he was never wrong. And so it was like, you know, I come by this honestly, but nobody really had harnessed it. So, you know, my mom had taught me always trust your gut. Even if there's no explanation, always trust your gut. And I feel like that may have been her greatest gift to me in my entire right. life, you know, like that is one of the things that I've always followed. And so, you know, that was her way of saying, trust your intuition and making it okay for me to do so. Yeah. Why did you decide to focus your energy and business on helping other people to learn these practices? Did this journey begin out of your own personal struggles? It did. I mean, I think, I think all of us as healers, our, our journey begins with our own personal struggles, whether we heal through creating art or, you know, medicine or whatever it is. And for me, I was coming up against a lot of inflammatory conditions in, in my body. And I had never been given any alternative other than to go to Western medicine. And I was going to Western medicine and they were all scratching their heads and they were saying, well, this doesn't make any sense based on your profile and how you live. None of this makes sense. And so it was always, well, let's try this fix and let's try this fix, which was like putting a bandaid on something, but not figuring out why it kept happening. And so through one of the healers I was working with, I, I found, you know, that there were natural doctors and, and holistic doctors and you could work with your body through nutrition, which I had no idea about. You know, I was vegetarian, but I was junk food vegetarian because no one in my family knew what it meant to be vegetarian. So I, I had no one to guide me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this was all about my own exploration of bringing in different things to heal myself and seeing and being open to playing with what worked, what didn't work, what resonated, what didn't resonate and keeping what worked for me and putting the rest on the shelf saying, this might work for somebody else. And, you know, as I healed myself, as I worked with my own body, learned to communicate with her at a very deep level and listen to what she was asking for, I realized how everything we need to heal is right inside of us all the time. And we just need to be able to listen in Mm -hmm. when everything in the world points us to not doing that, to listening to advice from outside of us. And so naturally people started coming to me and asking questions. And, and so in order to answer their questions, I had to educate myself as well. And so it sort of just evolved very naturally as I opened myself to, to saying, how can I best serve and how can I serve in a way that brings me joy? Incredible. So can I ask what types of things you healed yourself of? What sure. Kind of ailments? There was a lot of inflammatory stuff happening in my body. And so it was things like a lot of bloat and holding excess water and rosacea and precancerous conditions even. There was a lot of stuff where silent inflammation had been there for so long and all of a sudden it just got kind of loud, you know, and, and it's like, okay, what is this? And so by exploring where it was and what I could do to shift it in combination it was like, wow, all of a sudden, everything started to look and feel different. I had energy again, you know, whereas I I had very little stamina when inflammation was so high. I started to look different and feel different and radiate light different. And it was just just amazing to, to witness in my own body. And so when I see it happening for other people, it just brings me so much joy. So if you've been able to heal yourself of, of, many ailments. What are your thoughts on traditional Western medicine and its practices then? 
Well, first of all, I think Western medicine is anything but traditional. I don't think it's traditional at all. You know, I think that it goes against a lot of what is traditional. However, what I do want to say about Western medicine is there's some really beautiful and valid things. I think every medical system has brings its own beauty and its own validity to the table. And I think that the way forward, especially after what we're seeing in the past year on this planet, I think the way forward is us starting to work more in combination, bringing in combinations of different medical systems, different ways of looking at things so that we can get the biggest and broadest perspective of who a person is and what will or will not work for them. And so I, I just, I see so many beautiful gifts there, but I see that there's a lot of limitation in why we gravitate to to either eastern medicine western medicine like whatever it is so we i think we need to expand our minds so that we can better comprehend the problems we're being faced with today so you you're thinking then bring in naturopathic medicine and combine it with western medicine work with the two in this way there's more options for people absolutely like i am a huge proponent of ayurveda it's it's the thing that really helped me heal. And it's the thing that I see so many of my clients healing with. And I see in people who are going to get treated right now, if they only could see themselves from that perspective, different choices would be made and different understanding would be there before any treatment was administered. And so I definitely see combinations of many different types of medicine coming together and working, you know, basically we're bio-individual, each one of us, something different will work for. So what is the combination and how can we use it to best serve our health and wellness? What was that you're saying? Ayurveda? Yeah. Yeah. And can you explain a bit about that? Sure. Ayurveda is the, it's the ancient Indian system of medicine. It comes from India. It's the, they call it the sister science of yoga, which I love, but it, I feel it downplays the magnificence of the system. It's really all about how the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies are completely interwoven. And you cannot treat one of them without treating all of the rest. It views us as whole and holistic beings. And so we have to treat every one of our bodies in order to have success with our wellness. Okay. Now, these gifts that you have, are these... I mean, you teach people how to tune into harness, increase their energy. How do you go about teaching this skill to people? That presents its own challenge with each <laughs> individual person. Right. Um, because again, you know, we each resonate with something different and we each find our own path to what brings us to stillness. And, you know, a lot of times when I say we have to get to stillness to hear the messages we're, we're getting from inside or we're getting from the universe or our guides or the angels, people think of sitting in meditation and the resistance comes up about, I can't sit in meditation. It doesn't work for me. But how many people come to stillness through painting or through running? You know, that's a way of getting into stillness too. What is required is to find your path to getting all of your thoughts to come to one single focus. And then your your intuition can come in, your guidance can come in. And that's when we we have that knowing of what to do next. So these these are skills that you can teach. Everybody has mm-hmm. the innate ability to learn how to do these things that you're able to do. Yes. I, everybody has the innate ability to communicate instantaneously with the divine, with their angels, with their body. 
every one of us is born with that and or with that right to it. And it's just, do we choose to cultivate it? Or some, for some of us, that's not our path, right? We might choose to cultivate other skills, but each and every one of us, just by being a piece of the divine has that ability. We all have the ability to open up all of our psychic gifts. If we so desire, we have the ability to open up all of our communication aspects, you know, with each of the different beings of light that we communicate with, as well as with each other, as wide as we choose to open them up. It's just a matter of whether we decide to tune into those and start to hone and cultivate those those skills. It is. It is. And for some of us, it can be scary and we have no interest in doing it, which is yeah. fine. You know, but for me, that was that was an obstacle I had to overcome as well, because, right. you know, it, I was taught it had to be scary. And in the experience of feeling, wow, I feel like I'm wrapped in love when my angels talk to me. Mm-hmm. I learned that it didn't have to be scary, that it was perfectly natural. And it was something that I had chosen to shut down because other people said it had to be scary. Right. It's just funny how prevalent and present it is for some people over. And then there's others who don't even know it's there or within them. That, that contrast is pretty incredible. It is. But you know, when I look at it, it's like, for some people, they can, they're born and they're able to play the piano beautifully. You know, where does that come from? Or they're able to hold a camera and take incredible photos, a talent I have never been able to cultivate. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, you know, it's, each of us comes in with our, a propensity, I think, for developing certain aspects of ourselves in this lifetime. And we have the ability to cultivate anything. It's just a matter of what are we most suited to and what serves our purpose here at this time. Very true. Incredible. It's so interesting to me. Now you're said to be able to, to help turn sensitivities into superpowers. Can you explain what that means and how you do go about doing that? Yeah. So, you know, through you, you've heard through my experience that I've just shared, you know, these sensitivities, I was sort of taught by default that they were scary and that there was no place for them to be. And so, you know, you hear growing up or throughout your life, oh, you're so sensitive. Why are you so sensitive? Why do you take things so personally? And just the tone of that keeps reinforcing over and over that there's something wrong with you. And so the word sensitive comes to have a negative connotation to each of us who is sensitive. And so what we need to start doing is really reframing what that means. You know, these sensitivities, the ability to walk into a room and know what every person in the room is feeling. That's a superpower. Not everybody can do that. And some (laughs) of us don't even realize, like it actually took for me, someone sitting me down and saying, you do realize that not everyone can do that. Right. And I'm like, you're kidding. Like, I just thought it was a thing everyone could do. So, you know, we, we start to then embrace these things as gifts and powers that serve our purpose for being here. Like each of us is, comes into this lifetime perfectly suited for the work that we're here to do. Right. And so you're not too sensitive. You're exactly sensitive enough to do yeah. the work that you're here to do. So it really involves a reframe and then a dismantling of all of the judgment we've put on ourselves and all of the barriers and the mountains we've put up between us and our sensitivities, you know, between ourselves and our sensitivities. And that's and a huge job. I mean, it can be. 
Yeah. You know, it can be, but energy follows intention. So really all we have to do is make a decision that we want to reclaim our sensitivities or our gifts as the superpowers that they are and mountains start crumbling. All it takes for us to change the world is to set a strong intention. Amazing. I love it. Now you're a channel as well. How old were you and how did you discover you had disability? Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Another oops. (laughs) So, you know, this kind of evolved through things. And so it was a very interesting process. I learned an energy system called integrated energy therapy, which is healing through the energy of the angels. And so when I was treating people in session, in energy sessions, I would start to communicate with the angels in the session and they would always show me what needed to be done. And and we would have some sort of dialogue, like an inner dialogue during the session. And then what I started to notice as I was doing this is, is I would go to go to sleep at night and it would almost be like, as I was coasting into dreamland, I would be rejoining a conversation with beings that I felt like I knew very well. And it felt like I had just left the conversation and I was rejoining it. And so I started to realize, I think these are my angels. I think these are my guides. And what it felt like was as I was coasting from one form of consciousness to another, it was like I was changing the dial on an old school radio for those of us who are old enough to remember those. And so I said, you know what? I bet if I can do this here, I can do this in day-to-day life. So while I'm sitting here talking to Brad, I could just change the dial a little bit and hear what the angels are saying. And that's how it started. Like that's really how it started in a day-to-day way, you know, was through the healing sessions and then through consciously playing with this. And then they sat me down one day and they said, okay, now you're going to do readings. And and that was a whole other thing, but (laughs) you know, but that's really how the channeling started. So again, I have to ask, is, is this also something that every single human being has the power or innate skill to learn how to do? They have it within them. They just, it's just, again, a matter of tapping into it and utilizing that, that skill. It is. We all have angels with us all the time, regardless of belief system and anything okay. like that. We also always have our guidance that speaks to us. So, you know, all of a sudden you'll be in the shower and you'll get that shower thought. That's the guidance you're waiting for. Yeah, That could be your higher self. It could be your angels. You know, it could be the beings who watch out for you, but you're in a space in that moment where you are clear, your energy is still and you're ready to receive. So each and every one of us has the ability to hear whether it's, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily with our ears. Sometimes it's just with an internal knowing, Right. but it's, do we listen? Do we make the space? Do we choose to cultivate that? Right. You know, a lot of people have no interest in channeling, you know, cause we think of the old school channels and the way that, that the spirit would enter their body and they would speak through them, yeah. you know, but it's, it's not necessarily like that anymore. Like the new way of channeling is almost like a very gentle way of being spoken through or like you're the translator between the humans and the other side. Okay. Now you're also a spiritual mentor. What does a spiritual mentor do? 
So I work with spiritually focused people and help them to clear their blockages so that they can step more into the purpose that they are here to fulfill, you know, really so that they can feel more joy, feel more alive and feel more fulfilled at the end of the day. And I think that's the key to living a good life really is to be in joy as much as possible to, to feel alive. So many sensitives shut themselves down because they feel too much. So it's really about making it safe to okay. expand into the fullness of who you are again and trust that the energy outside of you is not going to overwhelm you, that you are strong enough from the inside to withstand it and even to shine bright in the midst of all of it. Okay. Teresa, what is the most inspiring or favorite part of your career or business? Oh, <laughs> it's definitely seeing the people I work with let the love in and how quickly it can change everything in their lives. It's, it's just sometimes in a simple 30 minute session, uh -huh. people leave completely different than they came in. They go from feeling depressed and hopeless and frustrated to feeling excited and joy-filled and completely supported. And that shift makes everything about running a business worth it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I could definitely see that you having that kind of impact on another human being. There, there's no other feeling like that. Yeah, no, no. And it's, you know, and it's really them having the impact on themselves. Yeah. Getting you're, just, out. you're just guiding them or giving them the tools. Yeah, just getting out of their own way and reconnecting with the true essence of who they are and what that means in terms of what is their birthright and how do they have the right to feel in this body. See, I like what you said there about getting out of their own way because that is that has got to be the biggest roadblock for people is getting the fuck out of your own way, getting out of your own head and, and just leaning into your abilities and your gifts. And I mean, it's... It, it, I think that it's bad enough that we have to tune out external noise from other sources, other people saying, well, you're crazy for doing that. Or what are you thinking? There's, there's too many of this type, let's say photographer, there's way too many photographers. What are you thinking about starting a business as a photographer? Are you crazy? Right. There's way too many out there. So that's bad enough. But what's even worse I find is the self-limiting beliefs and the noise in our own heads and us getting in our own ways. Mm -hmm. I think once you can master that and get out of your own way, the other stuff just falls. Oh, that's nothing. That's a piece of cake. That's true. I mean, once we can shut down our own voice and the voices we disguise that as like, so, you know, I hear my own negativity in the voice of this person, you know, yeah. whether it's mother, father, yes. teacher, whoever it is, you know, when we can get through that, that is, that is key. But our voice is definitely the loudest one screaming for sure. Oh, absolutely. And it just, you know, it's, it's like, it just disguises itself in other ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. To date, Teresa, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? Oh, getting the fuck out of my own way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Trusting, like honestly, trusting my guidance is my biggest win. And I am always amazed because even when the guidance seems completely ridiculous, in fact, that's the best guidance when it seems completely ridiculous, but it keeps coming. And under that ridiculousity, you feel peace and you feel like you know that this is true. Trusting that, that is always the biggest win because it brings the biggest return in my life. I love that. That's amazing. 
What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I really think that that's it. Also, trusting the divine, trusting the guidance, um, because it's like getting that nudging and following through on it that makes that makes the connection happen. You yeah. know, that makes, it's kind of like how we connected, you know, I got a lead, I got a nudging and, and there I made the connection and, yeah. and that's how it goes. It's, it's always when you follow the guidance that the biggest wins and the biggest returns happen. So I think that that's a skill set in business that we downplay a lot. We tend to want to focus more on the doing rather than the listening and the following. And it really serves us in business. Well, a lot of people have a big problem listening. <laughs> if we if we mm-hmm. could learn, if people could learn to listen more actively and pay more attention, I think people would be a lot better off. Yeah. I mean, the problem, as I see it, is we don't listen to ourselves. So how yeah, the heck are we supposed true. to listen to other people? Yeah, very true. Speaking of success, Teresa, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? For me, success is being able to live in as much happiness and joy as possible, you know, and that doesn't mean spiritually bypassing when stuff doesn't feel happy or joy filled, but it means on the day to day, being able to have more happiness and joy than I would have had otherwise. Okay. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? Oh, I learned what a waste of time worrying is. I think that's the most important thing. I used to waste so much time worrying. And before I learned this, and before I learned to listen into myself, I had anxiety problems. I had anxiety disorder. And when I learned that worrying makes no sense because I'm just putting my energy on a treadmill that never ends and I'm depleting myself and I can't change the outcome anyway. If I'm stuck in traffic, worrying is not going to make me on time. (laughs) You know, I'm still going to be late. I'm just going to be tired and late. So, so when I learned to control that and when I learned to stop doing that, I had so much more energy and I was able to create and just have a happier life because I had more energy. What was the catalyst or the light bulb moment that that you learned that, that you opened yourself up to learn that? I think there were a few, but I mean, the big ones where I was having anxiety attacks, I was in college and I was passing out on the New York City subway and a friend of mine was with me and and held me up. And that was where I was like, this can't go on, you know, like, and I got put on meds and the meds didn't work for me. I was having these weird things happen with my body and And my dad sat down one night and he said to me, this is your choice. You have the choice to continue on this path or you have the choice to overcome it. Yeah. So what do you want to do? And and by the way, this isn't downplaying anxiety disorder or anything. This is how, what worked for me. Yeah. And, and that was when I chose in the moment, I said, I'm going to find out why this is happening. And I'm going to address the issue. And so I sat with myself and I went inside and I said, what is it that's making you have these reactions? And I discovered it and I fixed the problems. And so now I know, you know, you have to listen into yourself because if you don't listen, your body will speak more loudly. You know, if you don't listen to the emotions or mind, then the body has to speak. The body's going to hit you with a two by four. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? 
So, I mean, I think the first one was trust your gut when my mom taught me that. Um, And I think the other one, a friend of mine said to me one time, keep your eyes on the divine and keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I think that that was probably the best advice I ever got. Okay. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Oh, definitely being in creation mode, creating anything. I'm an artist, so I, I love creating. I also love being out in nature and being physically active. Do you paint? Do you draw? What's what's your art form that you practice? So I love to paint because I like to get messy. (laughs) I like to be like one with, you know, but I do draw, you know, I did graduate art school, so I have a Bachelor of Arts. And yeah, and so painting at at this moment in time is my thing, but I also love graphic design. Okay, very cool. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? I think the first one that comes to mind is actually going to take that Reiki class that I told you about earlier. Mm -hmm. And before I got there, I had been having these dreams throughout my yoga training and I was learning metaphysical things in the dreams. And there was a woman who would always speak to me and she had a very distinctive voice in the dreams and she was always behind me and I could never see who she was. Mm -hmm. So I show up to this Reiki training and a woman opens the door. It was in her home and she welcomes me in and I just look at her and it's the voice from my dreams. She was the one who had been speaking to me in the dreams. And she looked me deep in the eye and she held my shoulders and she said, we know each other. And it was that moment where I think that I was, or I felt that I was seen in my entirety for the first time in my life. It was safe to be every aspect of me because she was living in her gifts and she was not afraid of them and she was not ashamed of them. And so it was like dropping a cloak that I had been wearing for so long and just standing there completely naked and embracing every part of myself. It was some form of rebirth and reclamation that changed my life forever. That is incredible. I I can't even imagine how that must've felt like, (laughs) wow, mind blowing. It was amazing. It was, yeah, it was like, it was honestly like going for a baptism again. Yeah. Teresa, what does the word empowerment mean to you? So empowerment to me means claiming or reclaiming personal power. You know, it means taking, cultivating strength from the inside so that we're not as rocked by the events or by the energies that are outside of us. Beautiful. What would you say is your personal motto? Definitely. I've had this poster above my desk since I was a kid. And it says, what would you do today if you were not afraid? (laughs) I like that. What would you say is the most recent investment you've made in yourself? Hmm. I'm always investing in myself. So I've just recently invested with this high level personal coach that's been really kicking my butt and she's awesome. (laughs) And I'm about to invest to deepen my training in Ayurvedic science. Very cool. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three word answer type. All right. Teresa, how would you describe yourself in one word? Playful. Early bird or night owl? Neither right now, but generally early bird. (laughs) (laughs) Money or fame? Do I really have to choose? Well, sure. Uh, Money. Money. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Doesn't everyone pee first? (laughs) Not always. (laughs) Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. (laughs) If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? 
Love is all there is. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? World peace. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> if you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Oh, our desire to find things to argue over. Entrepreneur life is? A roller coaster. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite way to unwind is? Coffee, cat, book, blanket. <laughs> <laughs> In that order? <laughs> <laughs> All together. The last book or podcast I listened to or read was? Uh, breath, the book. What's the first thing you think when I say the word future? Peace. That concludes our rapid fire section. Back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> if you could set up a billboard anywhere, Teresa, where would you put it and what would it say? Hmm. I would probably put it... Right now, today, I would put it in the Middle East and it would say, only love is real. Beautiful. If you could sit down and have a one-hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Mm, Mother Teresa, because she's always been a personal hero of mine and there's so much about her character that I want to embody. Okay. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? Hmm. Good question. Probably ask myself, what was my favorite food? (laughs) What's your favorite food, Teresa? Oh boy. (laughs) It's not a food, but definitely coffee. But also I like mac and cheese, but I am, I am now gluten and dairy free. So that becomes its own fun thing. (laughs) Out the window then. (laughs) Teresa, who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? My aunt, definitely my great aunt. She loved me unconditionally and she was super sensitive. And so I learned the pitfalls of being a sensitive from watching her. And I just could always go to her and and feel completely loved. What is one of your biggest failures or teachable moments? And what did you learn from it? Oh, huge failure. I paid to be a speaker at this event. That was a completely misaligned audience, first of all. And second of all, I listened to the coach that I was working with at the time, who, by the way, had great advice, just not in my particular situation. (laughs) And She was saying, you have to present this way and you have to keep beating people over the head with their pain points and get them to want to work with you and then pitch them for this many minutes. And so rather than being present with the audience and speaking to who was in front of me, I was present with her formula and remained completely disconnected from the audience. And it was just a huge, like just a huge bad experience, you know, and that was not good. So I learned from that, what I don't want to do in the future. (laughs) If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? It all works out. Okay. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Love each other. I mean, that's really all you have to do is just love each other and trust yourself. Okay. Beautiful. Short and sweet. Teresa, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. This has been an incredibly and thoroughly enjoyable conversation. I've learned (laughs) a lot and just amazing. You are a true inspiration with your gifts and all that you're doing to help people. I think it's absolutely incredible work. So thank you for taking the time to be here. I appreciate you and I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much, Brad, for having me. I feel so grateful to be 
here with you and your community. So thank you. Well, welcome to the Empowerography community. It's an honor to have you as part of that community. Thank Once you. again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Teresa V. She is an energy intuitive, a spiritual mentor, an international speaker, and a channel based in New York. Thank you so much, Teresa. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. You too. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.